0: Price Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepickscom play100 and use code PLAY100. That's code PLAY100 at prizepickscom play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to Red Inca, I'm Jared Kimber. In this episode of Red Inca, we delve into cricket in Scotland, off the field. Our guest shares insights from his feature on this topic. Uh, Usman Samyuddin, I'm the Senior Editor at ESPN Cricket. We discuss racism, cricket board entrepreneurs, on-field form, amateurism, leak messages, and more Nigel Farage than you would expect on this topic. All right. Uh, Scottish Cricket thought they were going to be a full member in 2021. Uh, since then, they've gone through, I'm just, I'm just looking at my notes to make sure I'm right. Four CEOs, three chairs, and an entire board stood down when Cricket Scotland was seen as institutionally racist. That seems like quite a departure from, we're about to become a full member of the ICC.
2: Yeah, it's it's almost like they jinxed themselves by actually applying to become a full member in in 2021 when they did. But yeah, like you know they they've been through a, a hell of a like rough period over the last 18, 19 months. Started off, of course, and we'll get into it. I guess it started off with the with the report, the changing the boundaries report that came out, which found that uh, the cricket Scotland itself was institutionally racist, and that the game in Scotland at a broader level. Uh, was, you know, replete with kind of exclusionary behavior and, and, and racist behavior. And, and since then, it's kind of snowballed into this crisis at board level, by the way, because we're watching the Cricket Scot- we're watching Scotland team do amazing things at the World Cup qualifiers. You know, they 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 win against Netherlands, or if they don't lose too badly, they can still get through to the World Cup, which will be amazing. Mm-hmm. So the team's doing well, but this crisis has kind of uh, confined itself just at board level right now. And of course, you know, eventually, if that crisis keeps going on, then it will have an impact on the team. You know, it's remarkable that it hasn't had an impact on the team yet. But uh, at some point, you've got to think if they don't sort themselves out, then there will be some bad stuff happening to that team as well.
1: And obviously, while this isn't directly related to Azim Rafiq, it sort of comes from Azim Rafiq. um, And then there's obviously the two uh, 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 Scottish players who are involved, who kind of, what, move it forward or bring it to attention? I don't know the best way of putting it, but they, they start uh, everything, really, don't they?
2: Yeah, I think Majid Majid Huck and Kasim Sheik, you know, former internationals for Scotland. Majid Huck is still, like, the leading all-time international wicket-taker uh, for, for Scotland. Uh, really, like, big, big Scottish player. Like, you know, one of the biggest names in the game over there. Uh, it, it was their allegations that, that came out um, just after. So, you know, Majid... In fact, I spoke to Majid, and he, and he said that he had watched Azim Rafiq's testimony in front of the the DCMS committee in November 21, and it kind of triggered in him the thinking that he, you know, he felt much the same way. And you know, sometimes it needs it needs to watch somebody else going through it for you to understand what you're what you've gone through. And it kind of triggered in him this thinking that you know he'd been through similar experiences, and that like Azim. That his career had been ended because of racism, essentially, and so he became. And I think what what Azim allowed uh, guys like Majid and Qasim was to was to come out and be very open about the the kind of experiences that they've that, that they've had. Uh, and, and you know, they kept literally, I think it was a week later that they spoke to Sky Sports, uh, and, and that so this was like late November, 2021, and that sparked off the, the, this call for a review and uh, and an investigation, which led to. Cricket Scotland hiring uh, plan for sport which is like an outside firm which deals with issues of uh, equity and diversity and inclusion and, and carries out these kind of reviews they hired them uh, to, to to put out this review which then came out in July 2022 which is when you know we kind of the media at large and, and a lot of fans would have first heard about like these kind of you know the, the big uh, the, the big kind of findings of the report. Um, And the the findings were that, you know, Cricket Scotland failed uh, on 29 out of 31 indicators of institutional racism and that there were and the the writing of the report was a little bit woolly here. But they said that there were 448 cases that they had mapped against which it seemed like they had failed on uh, like 448 instances of uh, institutional racism that they had mapped. Um, and that was it, of course, you know, then the headlines blew out from that, that Cricket Scotland was racist and, and, and you know, action needed to be taken. And the day before this report was published, the entire board of, of Cricket Scotland taking full responsibility and said that, you know, we apologize for this, for for whatever, for the culture that's been created, saying that we have not yet the report in full, but we take full responsibility and we're stepping down. Um, yeah. and, and it's gone on from then. It's just continued kind of getting getting worse and worse, really, since since then. Well, I mean, the 448, the,
1: the issue with that now is that it's not 448 issues of institutional racism. I'm not saying there never has been 448, but that's not really what the report says, is it?
2: No, so, so, so what, you know, the report didn't say that much about those cases ever. And, and what really came out much later, and this is like, you know, some of the questions that former officials, so the former chair of Cricket Scotland, Tony Bryan, has been, you know, he stepped down two months before the report came out uh, for health reasons. It's never been kind of expanded upon why he stepped down, but health reasons they said, and he'd been a long time chair. He'd been chair since 2015, I think. And, and, and he's been one of the kind of leading voices Raising questions against this report and really kind of putting, throwing more scrutiny on this report. And so, of the 448 cases, you know, n- nobody knew anything about this really, about the detail of it until in one update, like in January. So, this is like now, you know, six, seven months later. They said of those 448 cases, 248 were related to like policy documentation and governance at Critical Scotland. So, you know, a lot of people kind of, a lot of people didn't see that. A lot of people still haven't seen that figure. But it mm-hmm. wasn't that there were 448 cases of somebody going up and being racist against somebody else, which is what that initial headline may have suggested. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people said, oh my God, 448 cases of like, it wasn't. It was a, half of those cases were Cricket Scotland not having the right policy in place or not the right paperwork in place for an EDI. Uh, 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 you know, uh, policy. So, yes, that is a failing, but it's a different kind of failing. And you've got to put that failing in perspective. And this is, you know, the, the crux of this the, the piece that I reported on. You've got to put it in perspective against the kind of board that Cricket Scotland are. You know, they're essentially a very small organization, kind of borderline amateur run, uh, very little full-time staff. Uh, a lot of the resources that they do get, the funding that they get from the ICC and, and only a very few other places are, you know, goes towards just keeping that board running every day and keeping it alive. So, and Tony Bryan said this uh, uh, at one point, he said that, you know, uh, we're sorry that we're not at the cutting edge of kind of policy development and, and keeping the, our documents up in order on on EDI because you know, we're like five people working at Cricket Scotland. And, and, and during the pandemic, we were lucky to still be around. You know, a lot of us got furloughed, a lot of the staff got mm-hmm. furloughed. And when we came back from the pandemic, when things started happening, the the the, the pressure then was just to keep the board afloat, literally. Uh, and, and so, mm. you know, that was one of the things about the report that I felt was reasonable to question is there was no detail on these 448 cases that people spoke about. And headlines were allowed to kind of billow out from it and balloon out into something that, Put a different perspective on what the problems were. Yeah, I, I won't say it's a there's, there's a difference but a
1: between. F- yeah, there's difference between 448 cases of someone being racially abused and 448 cases where 239 of them are paperwork, which we still would agree should be done correctly, and it all leads to to other issues. But there is a big difference about that. Um, the, the small um. Uh, cricket Scotland thing. So when I worked for them, there was one man whose job was head of high performance. He was the team manager. He was a strength and conditioning coach. And I'm pretty sure, I think I've got this right, that his deputy head of high performance or his assistant or whatever it was, was uh, away on maternity or paternity leave. So he was doing that job as well. So it just tells you how, and that was before COVID. So you can imagine after COVID, you know, they lost even more stuff. Um, uh, Tell
0: us about Anjan Luthra. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews.
2: So, OK, so, you know, your point about this is is kind of the main point. You've worked there. You have experience of it. You know, the more I kind of researched about it, the more the smallness of Cricket Scotland kind of works against it in these situations. So one of the things, so sorry, I'll get to in a second, but one of the things that happened under his tenureship, which led to his resignation and the whole thing really kind of blowing up was that they were, they were, the, the Cricket Scotland board was asked a question uh, by uh, running out racism, and we'll come to running out racism and, Sc- uh, and for Scotland in a second. But they were asked this question about what they were doing. So this is all after the report. They were asked this question about what they're doing on a certain EDI thing that they had to kind of fulfill as a result of the report. They didn't get an answer back from Cricket Scotland uh, for like five, six weeks. And, and they complained about it. They, they used that as a point. Like, you know, we've asked you questions about me, and i and what you're doing on it, and you haven't responded to us in like five, six weeks. Now, Anjan, when I spoke to him, said, well, you know why that was? was because the person who that email was sent to was not on maternity leave, but on kind of long-term illness. And so that email just went to her inbox or their inbox. And nobody else saw it until that person came back and they were like, oh, this is something that we should have responded to like a while ago. And everyone was like, oh, my God, let's respond to it now. But, you know, in a, in a bigger organization, there would have been somebody else who would have just taken over. But in a smaller organization like Scotland, it doesn't happen automatically. Right. These things get lost. So Anjan Musra is is the chairperson. He was the chairman of the board. Uh, he was appointed in October 2022. Um, and it was seen at the time as a very progressive kind of appointment he's of Indian origin uh, Scottish he's you know played cricket at junior level under 19 level and tennis at under 19 level. so like an athlete and then he was also uh, and and is also currently a successful entrepreneur he's he's set up like a uh, he set up I think thrills.com is the is a website that I, I remember is this big kind of celebrity website where you you can go to a celebrity and you can ask them for like a personalized video message and, and he set that up at the It's basically people.
1: his version of cameo isn't it
2: exactly yeah so you know he's a successful guy and he and and he came highly recommended from among others majid Huck himself uh and they had known each other they had played with each other at junior level uh and 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 so he came highly recommended as this guy who's gonna get things done and you know he's a diversity uh he 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 fulfills that kind of you know, that box that he is uh, of, of Indian origin. Um, and and he started off, and I think, you know, he, he's very much like a kind of guy who just wants to get stuff done. And, and he came into Cricket Scotland, and given his kind of business experience, he saw an organization that, of course, needed the issue of institutional racism resolving, but he also saw an organization that just needed overhauling completely, because anybody of that kind of background who would come into an associate member cricket board would look at it and say, Oh my God, we need to like, you know, we need to keep this board afloat and then we need to make it just bigger and better. I think so his, you know, his agenda, and he was very open about it from the start was that, yes, I will deal with the consequences of that report. We will, we will work on that. Uh, And, but I also need to make Scotland just more, uh, just, just more kind of viable. And his first thing, you know, the first thing he realized was that if we don't do something about it fairly quickly, because I've just come in after the pandemic and we've been hit doubly hard because all our matches have been canceled, we need to earn some money. Uh, and we need to start making money because if we don't have money, then we don't have Cricket Scotland. And then if we don't have Cricket Scotland, the issue of the racism just becomes moot. It, it, it mm-hmm. doesn't exist. So he started working on that kind of twofold agenda. Um, and I think eventually, over the next few months, very quickly, actually, uh, I think these kind of differences of opinion emerged between the other kind of stakeholders in the game. So now this is where Running Out Racism, which is a campaign group, uh, which is, you know, set up after the Azim Rafiq thing happened, which very good intentions, you know, they want to kind of eradicate racism from the game. Uh, but they became very, they're you know, they're a volunteer campaign group, but they became very important in the running of the board. Uh... uh uh, who were now being run also after the racism report came out, they were now being run by Sport Scotland, which is the national kind of body for sport in Scotland. Uh, so, you know, it's a fairly emergency-like situation. You have the national sports body in Scotland now effectively running Cricket Scotland. Uh, so they had a hand in Anjan's appointment. Running out racism are a very important stakeholder because of the racism report. They're now very important. And but you know, the, these three kind of bodies came together, and Anjan is the third one. They came together and they clashed over various things about the pace of change happening there. Uh, and so it led to essentially, um, Anjan resigning, and he resigned after Cricket Scotland's own advisory EDNI group resigned after they'd all had one meeting in which apparently it wasn't a very good meeting that they'd had in, I think, February. After Anjan took over, uh, it wasn't a very good meeting. And I think, you know, essentially, Jared, it boils down to the fact that I think both Sports Scotland and Running Out Racism wanted Anjan to be just quicker and harder and firmer on, on the racism aspect of that report, the changing the Boundaries report, on implementing those changes. And Anjan kind of pushing back because he's a strong personality, pushing back and saying, well, yes, I will be, but... I also need to sort the board out, which is a completely valid, I think, in my opinion, completely valid position to take is that, you know, you need to sort the board out as well as dealing with that. And I think it became too much for Anjan at one point. He was just like, well, you know, I'm not going to, it's a fairly toxic atmosphere. It was a very toxic atmosphere because he was falling out with Majid and Kasim Sheikh all throughout this as well. I think very quickly it happened. There's a bit of ego involved. Uh, you know, they knew each other. It's a small kind you, of small environment. Yeah,
1: you also, you, you talked about the whole Nigel Farage thing in your piece, right? Which is, you, you said before, oh, they picked him because he's progressive. And then it turns out he's got a business relationship with Nigel Farage. Now, I'm not saying they're best friends or they share politics, but there were, there's also rumors about him being a pro-Donald Trump guy. Like, he suddenly didn't look like the progressive candidate at this point, Right.
2: Yeah, at one hundred percent, his and I and I wrote in piece that you know, like if you go through his social media timeline, like you will have reservations if you are one way inclined. You will have reservations about the kind of opinions and the kind of things that he backs and stuff. But you know, that the, the Nigel Farage thing was was weird because it was very weird, and it actually really illustrative, I think, of the way this whole thing was operating. Nigel Farage what, was an open thing, like Anjan Luthra had signed up Nigel Farage for the thrills.com thing. So, you know, if you wanted a celebratory birthday message from Nigel Farage, you could go to thrills.com. And and who doesn't? (laughs) As everyone does, maybe, or not. But, you know, so, and he was on the homepage of the thrills website from, like, November 21, like November 2021. So it was was open. He wasn't hiding it. Mm, Um, And then he was appointed chairman on the suggestion of guys like Majid Haq and, and with, the, you know, with the blessing of Sports Scotland, they played a fairly leading role in that. He was hired as the chairman of the board a year later. So all this time, everyone should know, who knows Anjan, should know that, okay, he has Anjan Luthra on his website. He has a working relationship with him. By the way, Anjan Luthra has said on the record to me that it's not necessary for me to share the same political opinions with people that I work with. So, you know, he's not saying what his political opinions are, but he has said that it's not necessary that I share the opinions of people that I have a business relationship with. Fair enough. Um, And so then suddenly once he's resigned, so this is now like what almost 18 months after everyone should know that he has a working relationship with Nigel Farage. After he resigns, it suddenly comes out in a newspaper that, oh, oh my God, he is working with Nigel Farage. And what's more, he even joked about it with Majid Haq. Uh, in in, in the lead-up to it. Um, So, you know, these WhatsApp messages were released, were leaked out to the paper in which he was joking about it. And like Anjan confirmed those WhatsApp messages with me when he spoke to me. He kind of showed me one while we were talking and stuff. And yeah, they were there. So it, it wasn't a secret. It was there from the start. It should have been flagged, if it had to be flagged, which you can argue, yeah, sure. You know, if you're hiring this guy and he's friends with Nigel Farage and you've just had this racism thing blow up in your faces then maybe you should flag this kind of stuff before you hire that guy. Completely fair enough. But once you've hired him and it seems like he knows what he's talking about, then you have a separate problem on your hands. So, you know, it it just, I think for me, it was very illustrative of like the the weird macro and very micro personality-based issues that have fueled what's happening at Green Scotland. And, you know, Anjun then left in, in uh, when was it, March, I think, March or April. And now... You know, you, we talked about it. They're looking for another chair. Uh, they're looking for another CEO as well. They're looking for a board director. Um, they haven't They've got... just put up a new...
1: I think since your article went up, they put up a new thing asking anyone to, um, uh, for a survey of any experiences of Scottish cricket, which I, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. Obviously, I think they're copying what the ECB did. But yeah. at a certain point, I'm like, who's going to process all this information? Like, you don't have anyone that works for
2: you. You know, and and there's cases, right? So there's referrals. So there's these things that that happened from after the report when they did canvas all these experiences from the public. And so they're investigating. The number is really confusing, but I think they are formally investigating uh, over 20 cases of like racist or exclusionary behavior that has happened to players in Scotland. Uh, Whether that's, you know, and some of those cases involve the national team players within the national team, you know, there's very little known about these cases. And I don't think we can talk much about them because just for legal purposes, but there will be impact from those cases once they're finally investigated fully, there will be impact uh, on like, you know, fairly well-known personalities in Scottish cricket uh, and, and, you know, who have been part of the setup and and who are kind of just, just generally well-known. So those cases are still continuing um, and, and they're just going to have, like we had with the ECB in the Yorkshire case, they're going to have continuing fallout and implication. Every time it happens, there's going to be like, you know, there's going to be media coverage of it and it's going to hurt the team. Like I feel bad for the team. I know Melinda was traveling with the team, Melinda Farrell, who we both know was, was traveling with the, team. Well, she wasn't traveling with the team, but she was covering their series of matches in Antigua recently, mm. um, Scotland's matches. And so she, you know, she spent some time with the team and, you know, it, it's clearly impacting the team as well. Like, you know, they're they're representing Scotland. What they're doing is, like, what they're doing is amazing. They're playing for Scotland. They've Mm -hmm. got them to the verge of the World Cup now um, against all odds. And yet, when most people who are not that familiar with the story and do not follow Scotland cricket often, when most people look at them, when they turn up at the World Cup, for example, fingers crossed, they they qualify, they turn up at the World Cup. Most of the people are going to be looking at them saying, ah, well, yeah, you guys are that racist team, aren't you? And (laughs) they're not. They just happen to come from a board where... Like, this whole racism thing is blown out. Um, it's not been handled in the best way. But it's led to turbulence. And, and they're going to be kind of, you know, weighed down by that. And it's really unfortunate because, you know, I'm, I'm sure that team environment, I think, is better now. Even Majid, I was speaking to Majid, and, you know, he has cousins and and and, and nephews, I think, who are still part of the setup. Yeah, I or, think, you know, I his think isn't his
1: nephew, um, yes.
2: oh, my God, Hampton Tahir,
1: isn't it? Is it his nephew or is he? I think so, yes, is it his yes.
2: Yeah, I, I, so and, Hamza you know, is the new
1: left-arm finger spinner. He's replaced um, Majid yeah. and he's a brilliant young bowler and he was yeah. there when I was there as well. I say young, he's probably not young anymore. Um,
2: yeah, uh, but I, young, and, you young, know, young Majid says that his experiences are, are better than Majid's own words. And, you know, th- the one important thing in this, I, I think that we need to keep stressing over and over again, is that there is no denying or 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 belittling or somehow reducing whatever Majid and Kasim and other players in Scotland have gone through. Like, I, I, I don't have evidence for it, and I'm sure some of it will come out in the investigations, but I'm sure they would have gone through uh, exclusionary behavior, downright racist behavior, because it does happen. That, that is an absolute fact. Um, I just, my, my only thing with this whole thing is that I, I feel like it's, it's been dealt with badly i think sports scotland have a lot of questions to answer which they're avoiding they're not answering we've tried to reach out to them so many times they're not answering those questions uh plan for sport the people who carried out the investigation they have some questions they should answer running out racism i think are actually doing a pretty good thing paul reddish is is a good guy he knows his stuff and and i think he's very aware of you know what they don't want scotland cricket to go down they don't want them to go down the route of english cricket where it becomes really polarized i think they're a little bit late. I think it's already happened there. It's fairly polarized the atmosphere in places, um, but I think it's it's not been handled well, and that's unfair on guys like Majid as well. Majid and Kasim himself. I think it's unfair on how it's been how how it's played out, um, and it's unfair. I'm sure it'll be unfair on some of those guys who've been you know tarred with uh, being maybe implicated in the reports who may have not may not have done anything, but you know because of these headlines that we've kind of seen. They get tarred in the same brush, Uh, you know. Like I I think you were you were part of the setup in 2018, was it? No, what
1: when were you? 2018 or 2019 was it? Something like that. You know,
2: like this this period covers like the period in that report. It's not specified as such, but you know, it could be from any time from 2015, 2016 onwards to like maybe last year, and that's the point. Like none of it. There's no detail. There's no idea of what kind of what era are we dealing with. What what scale of crisis are we dealing with? What scale of racism are we dealing with? There's no real indication of that apart from these numbers. And and you know these numbers we've just picked through them a little bit are not quite what they seemed at the time. They're, they're, yeah. There's a different perspective on those numbers than than what we first thought when they first came out.
1: No, definitely. There's no easy answers there, Usman. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast.
2: Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening.
1: This podcast has an ad-free version via Patreon, where there are many other extras as well, including a Discord channel. There's a link to those in the show notes. Please review, subscribe, and tell all your friends about our show. Word of mouth is the best way of making our podcast grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. Please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Bharat Sundarasan and Bayram Kazi. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston. Each episode is produced by Ishit Kuberka at Sound Potion Studio. The team from 42 help us out with the video side. Orijoti Paye and Maida Akan both producing podcasts, while Mukunda Bandredi is the head of our YouTube content.
0: Podcast Network.